He's back. Sports Radio is back. Here's the lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. Presented by Wolf GMC Buick. We're making it easy. WolfGMCBuick.com. Welcome to the lowdown. It's Friday. Oh, I can feel it. All the excitement going on. Probably the last nice weather we'll have till May. It's all good. And if you're an Oilers fan, well, it's that uh, Talking Heads song. Same as it ever was. Same as it ever was. Same as it ever was. All those Oilers. Those beautiful, talented, frustrating, stubborn as mules, beloved Oilers. Yes, once again, they've wrecked the city. People are driving around, honking horns, yelling at each other. My cohort here got a haircut just because he was mad. The Oilers are talented, stubborn, and currently getting outworked and outsmarted. And that will be the theme for today. Sports1440.ca, iHeartRadio, Radio Player Canada. Text or call us 1-833-401-1440 on Twitter at Low Tide and at Declan Kruger. And Friday is always my favorite day to be with Declan Kruger because this day he really tries. And my favorite Kruger is when he's really trying or looks like he's trying to try. Uh, the lowdown is driven by Wolf GMC Buick. New name, but same great team. Found them on the corner of 184th Street and Stony Plain Road. WolfGMCBuick.com. Our guest today, Steve Lansky from Big Mouth Sports, will be on to talk to the Oilers. Tyler Uremchuk from Daily Faceoff will also chime in. We'll have Declination and Connor Halley. Will join us at twelve twenty to talk NFL. Going to be a very interesting weekend. I mean, not for his Chargers because you know I don't even know if they're playing, but if they are, they'll lose late. We already know the story. Um, with that, we say a hearty hello to our friend. And I'm not going to take a photo of you because you were so offended by my photography yesterday. But nice haircut, sir. Thank you. It's not bad, right? I made the joke. I look like a bit of a German scientist now. Um, <laughs> and I didn't, I didn't I, see it, you know? It was just the blonde hair, blue eyes, glasses, clean cut. Uh, so you're Aryan is what you're saying. Oh, I'm definitely I'm not even going to touch on that. I'm just saying if you had to take one look at me and say, what profession does this guy do? You would say, yeah, he's probably a PhD candidate great, in biochemistry. Grade for one the, uh, teacher is what University I of Berlin or something <laughs> like that. But uh, I would never say that. Maybe I just, my mind just works different. Like I said, it's a, it's a hundred bees up here buzzing all the time. So. Sir, I uh, have some pretty wild thoughts, but... Sir, you chose to get into radio. Yes. We know who you are. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair, fair enough. I like that. Hey, listen, I'm the same way, so don't worry about it. Um, so you got a great weekend planned? Anything exciting with that you, hair? You know, I the, there is a reason for the haircut. I have a friend's wedding to go to tomorrow, and uh, I'm, I'm a little bit younger, so I haven't had any friends get married yet. I've had, you know, relatives, uh, my dad, um, but I've never had... <laughs> I've never had a friend's wedding to go to. This is the first. It's uh, it's this weekend. I'm very excited about it. Uh, going to be a lot of fun. Now, it is a great weekend of college football on Saturday that I'm going to be missing. I'm going to be missing. Whoa. I know I'm going to be missing Bama, Tennessee. I'm going to be missing Penn State, Ohio State. They, they will be PVR'd, but uh, there was a method behind the madness of this haircut. So let me get this straight. You're not taking a small television with you to the wedding. I am not. Okay. And to add insult to injury, UFC 294 is tomorrow, oh, and here. it's in Abu Dhabi, so it's an afternoon card. It's so going to be going this, at uh, noon our time. Gonna this guy well. is uh, inconsiderate by getting married on that day. No, no, absolutely not. This is his day. This is his fiance's day. I'm just a pawn in their plans. I, I respect that. I appreciate that. I'm very happy for them. And listen, if I have to give up some sports for a, for a good friend of mine, more than happy to do it. So shout out Jeremy. Shout out Brooke. Love you guys. Nice. Can't wait for tomorrow. You're a smooth operator. I like it. I will tell you that on the day of my wedding, the Oilers played game three of the Stanley Cup final in 1983. They lost. They played well. They lost. And the reception started, I think, about 
a clock or something. And so I'm there with my wife at the reception. We're at the, the, the head table. And all the women are there. Well, most of the women are there. And none of the guys are there. And finally, my mother-in-law says to me, um, you're, the, you're the groom. Can you walk down to the bar and get those losers we married out of the television set and out of the beer parlor and have them come down for the wedding reception that was planned and scheduled? And I went down there and I watched for about a half an hour and then we went back. I was going to say, like, I was going to say, I bet that story ends with you with you posting up to watch the game a little bit. I, I would I, one day I will write you the book of love about what not to do in a marriage because I'm I and it's not like I meant to. And I didn't do any other bad stuff. I just did all the dumb stuff. And um, I did it all. I really, really did. And I had a great time. And and I never learned. It's incredible. It really is. It's sort of like the Mr. Magoo of uh, Amore. Um, let's talk about the Edmonton Oilers. I've avoided as long as I can. They're not playing smart enough. Everybody talks. Well, they're not working hard. They're working really hard. They're working probably harder than they would if they just simply played properly. They're... They're in order to play the system, and it doesn't matter. The system does not matter. You have to execute. That's the goal. What's the goal? Suppress goals. How do you suppress goals? You block shots. The goalie stops shots. You don't give up two on ones. Even when you're on a five on three power play, you take care of the puck. You don't make the pass that McDavid made. You don't make the pass that Leon made to Debouchard on the other goal. You, you be smart with the puck. Take care of, cradle the puck like it's, what's the name of that egg that's so popular and, and, uh, seven trillion dollar egg? What's it called? Yeah. Humpty Dumpty. Oh my God. No, it is. I know what you're talking about. I, I don't know what it is. It's off the top of my head. I'll look it up. We did this on the first yes, we show. Did. We and now we've it. forgotten the name of the damn egg again. Uh, so, uh, the, the text will be quick to pour in and what correct us is again. What's wrong with it? Why we shouldn't run a show? We can't remember this, the, the, the valuable egg that was... Listen, I wasn't hired to talk about valuable eggs, okay? okay. Anyway, it, they got to stop the fancy pantsing and passing. Um, puck possession does matter more than the pretty moves. Skill matters. If you watch the goal they scored, oh my God, just stupid good, just incredible. And sometimes luck is going to turn against you, and that was the case. They need some stops, too. The goaltending has not been good enough. These are great hockey players. They're not playing well because they're not playing smart. They, You know, I know some of them even said, well, we're not giving out the effort. You are. You're just not doing it smart, you know. I'm telling you. It's frustrating to watch because they're such a good team, and they're going to get their coach fired. Maybe not today. Maybe not even this year, but Jay Woodcroft is a really good coach and he's going to, they're going to fire him here and then he's going to go to Columbus and win a Stanley Cup or whatever. He's a really smart coach. It isn't the system, it's the execution. Defensemen in the NHL should be able to play any system. Give them a little time to figure it out and they should be able to do it. Same with the forwards. It's the execution. One thing that I will criticize Jay Woodcroft for, and I like him as a coach. I'll tell you, I think he's a terrific coach. I think he's the best coach they've had since Craig McTavish. I'm all in on Jay Woodcroft. I'm a little concerned that his hair never gets gray. Other than that, I'm all in on Woodcroft. But here's what he did when he came to the NHL, and I do think this is important. So there's only a few ways you can increase the pool of talent 
on your roster and in your overall roster, including your AHL team. Woodcroft did it this way. He said, I don't care that this guy is only 21 years old. I don't care that nobody thinks he can carry the puck across the blue line into the offensive zone. I'm going to put Ryan McLeod on the line, and I'm going to ask him to be the guy who enters the zone. He's going to be the Taylor Hall of that line, even though he's not Taylor Hall. He, I'm going to trust him to be that guy. And he did the same thing with Philip Broberg. He did the same thing with Vincent DeHarnay. He did the same thing with Marcus Niemelainen. He did the same thing with Stuart Skinner, and Stuart Skinner was nominated for the Calder Trophy as Rookie of the Year. When he arrived here in 2022, just around Valentine's Day, Jay Woodcroft trusted all of his kids that he'd played for him in Bakersfield. That's gone. Last night, he healthy scratched Philip Roberg, who's doing good. He's playing well. And I think that, that if, if, if Jay Woodcroft ends up not being the Edmonton Oilers coach next year or even in the spring, it'll be partly because he's gone away from what worked. He, he had a wider pool of talent. He had a, a larger group that he could call from. And now he's narrowed it down. He's become every other coach that's ever coached here going back to, God, I don't know, Ron Lowe. You've got to trust kids. If you trust them in October and November, they will pay you back with interest in February, March, and April. That's how the world works. Ask Sam Pollock. Dig up Sam Pollock and ask him. He will tell you. I mean, not tell you, but that's how you do it. You've got to play the kids during the year, and they're going to make mistakes. Raphael Lavoie should be on this roster, and he's going to make mistakes. Philip Broberg should be playing every night. He's going to make mistakes. And Evan Bouchard looks like just hell on toast right now. And the reason is because they didn't trust him two years ago. So he doesn't have the kind of experience commensurate with the amount of time he's played professional hockey. Because he sat around during that year when Tippett wouldn't play him 2021. And now, I'm not, I, Jay Woodcroft is not at the same level, but, but making Broberg a healthy scratch is just not a good idea. The guy's numbers are really good. Let him play, even if he makes a mistake. You know, Brett Kulak has not had a good run here, and he's a veteran. If the kid makes the mistake now, then by April he'll be playing better. This is basic stuff in terms of developing talent. You drafted him eighth overall, for God's sake. Everybody knows you like him. That's out of the bag. Play him. Other than that, I'm all in on Jay Woodcroft. I know I've been on a little bit of a rant there, but I, I do think that the Oilers uh, under Ken Holland have slow played the talent, the young talent, too much. And we're seeing a little bit of the result of that with Evan Bouchard making rookie mistakes in year, what is that, six after the draft? So the Astros have tied the Ranger. We, we had a great guest on to talk about the Texas Rangers. And they were up to Cobb, and everything was good. And then what does happen? It, we, it's the kiss of death for us. We interview the guy. He's funny as hell. I'm thinking, all right, Texas Rangers going to go to the, the uh, Super Bowl, the World Series. And no, no, the, the, the Astros have won two in a row now by a total of 18 to 8. And they're in. I mean, they're tied. But you get the feeling they're in. Diamondbacks beat the Phillies 2-1. That's a nice score. I like the 2-1 games. When you go play, watch a, a baseball game, do you want high scoring or do you want a, a pitcher's duel? I would, are you asking me personally? Well, no, I'm asking the wall. Sorry, sometimes you ask the texters and I just kind of don't chime in and then you, you move on. But I will say I would rather see a 10-9 game than a 
2-1 game. You're not I, a purist. But I would rather, well, let me finish, but I would rather <laughs> see a no-hitter than that 10-9 game I mentioned. <laughs> That's the first time you said, let me finish. And it won't well, be the last, but but it was. <laughs> it was about time. I was, oh my it, goodness. I was halfway through my thought and I'm getting scolded. <laughs> One day you're just going to come over and slap me. Um, College football, you're going to miss it all. What would you be looking forward to if you could sit on the sofa all day? Oh, man. Well, Ohio State and Penn State, definitely the game of the weekend. Penn State right now is ranked seventh. Ohio State's ranked third. Listen, Penn State has always been a really good team, but the expectation with them has been, you know what? They're going to lose to Michigan. They're going to lose to Ohio State. That's just where they're going to cap out and More or less, we expect that. We're okay with it. Penn State has a really, really good team this year. Now, they they always play Ohio State tough, but I think if there was ever a time for things to be put together, James Franklin has that team flying. Drew Aller is playing tremendously for Penn State as the quarterback. He's going to be the best quarterback on the field, which always matters. That is going to be a game that I think comes down to the team that has the ball last. That is going to be a game that could... That could affect the 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 Big Ten's the the Big Ten's uh, invitation to the college football playoff moving forward. A win for either of these teams is going to be such a resume builder moving forward. And I think Penn State really has the capability to do it. I still lean Ohio State, but it's not the Penn State of old that just shows up, plays them tough, and loses. This is a team that can absolutely win the game. All right, it's a Fabergé egg. Next time, next time we don't get the name of that, each of us is going to have to put like. $50 for the food bank or something like that. Okay, that's fair. I can live with that. I mean, I'm serious. Like, just come on now. Let's get going. It, clearly, we don't shop at Fabergé, or we would know the name of this thing. You don't have any jewelry over there from Fabergé, do you? Uh, No. Not on me. You they're, didn't buy a home in a safe. You didn't buy a wedding gift for the wedding tomorrow from Fabergé? I did not. It was a... Uh, it was a... It was on their registry. It was like a you know food storage container set. Oh well, that's very nice. Yes, thank you. You know, I will tell you that that uh, that is a very thoughtful gift. No, oh, I mean it's practical. You're going to need it. You're going to no. use it. You wouldn't buy it for yourself. No, I think I did okay. Ah, uh, you did well. It was on the registry, so it was pretty easy for me to be fair. But no, you but know. you chose something that was useful and mm-hmm. as well as you know, it's not really ornamental. But you didn't choose like three elephants that they can put. You know, over the mantle, you chose something that was reasonable. That would be kind of cool, though. Yeah, well, now that I think of it. Uh, New Orleans Saints went Saints went uh, jagular hunting like Winnie the Pooh last night, and they started so poorly. They were, like, I think they were at almost three points. Remember we said three points by halftime? And then they came on, but the Jaguars ended up winning. And did you watch the game at all? I did. I did. I was uh, I was out with a friend of mine. So we were watch. We were out at an establishment. So we got to watch the Oilers and the uh, the Thursday nighter there. It was it was a little more high scoring than I expected. Listen, to be fair to the Saints, they should Foster Moreau should have caught that pass. It yes. should have been a tie game. No. He was hanging his head on the sidelines and rightfully so because that one falls on his shoulders, whether anyone else wants to say it or not. Uh, but I think for the most part, the game, like I said, a little higher scoring than I expected. But the the right team won. The better team won. Okay, so we're good on that. We've talked. Did we talk Major League Baseball? Oh yeah, we got we covered it. Okay, what about CFL? Did we talk CFL? We not, never talked CFL. Not yet. It's because the the Elks are out of it. But um, I I know that I, I have friends of almost every one of my friends is a Rough Rider fan, and it's highly irritating. Um, and my wife was a Rough Rider fan, so I like 
I, because of that, and because the Elks are out of it, I'm watching the Rough Riders and I'm semi cheering for them. But cheering for the Rough Riders is, is like getting up in the morning and, you know, standing on the highway and waiting to get run over by a, a transport truck because they'd never win anything. They've lost six in a row. Yeah, they've lost six in a row here, and they finish up against Toronto. Good luck with that one. And they lost seven in a row to finish off last season. I, listen, Craig Dickinson's going to be gone. I think Jeremy O'Day, I, I've heard from someone who works in Saskatchewan, who works in the media there, that he's going to stay. But I, I, he'd be out as far as I was concerned. It's it's just it's brutal because all season, and you know, you get to halfway through the season, three quarters through the season, you, you have this false sense of hope and security that this team is going to be okay. And then they lay an egg. They've done it two years in a row now, and they've done it in horrendous fashion. You could not have described it any better. It's like being on the highway waiting to get hit by a Mack truck. Yeah. And you just have to stand there in, in, in quicksand and be frozen and let it happen. Yeah, I get it. Okay. Okay, we talked about the CFL begrudgingly. When the Elks aren't in it, I you know it, it makes it kind of you know tough. I think less interesting, less high profile. All right, this is how it's going to go today. Connor Halley, our dear friend, is coming up. Declinations and Declan is typing away like a a fiend over there, getting things done with his high rise. <laughs> High-rise letters and numbers. What the hell? Is that from the 70s? That keyboard? Is it from Smith Corona? It looks pretty modern, but uh, it has like that. Yeah, it really does have that 70s feel to it, doesn't it? Totally does. Uh, on the way in the hour number two is uh, <laughs> Big Mouth Sports. Steve Lansky It will be in the community with Tata Uremchuk, and we'll also have NHL rumors. You know, the brain isn't going all the way to the top before it slides down today. You're going to have a lot of fun listening to the show. You're listening to The Lowdown, powered by Wolf GMC Buick on Sports 1440. 12.24, this is The Lowdown, Friday edition. Presumably the best of the group, but we'll see. Patty and Spruce says, The Low Tide, always enjoy your show, including the old station. Don't know where you found Declan, but he's good. Enjoy your banner. Well, actually, the only reason Declan is here is because Connor Halley kicked him to the curb. They did a show. Uh, and Hallie just didn't like him. Connor joins us now to tell us a little bit about that. You just just didn't like hanging with him uh, on the air. Is that what happened, Connor? Well, I mean, you guys are what seven weeks into the, your relationship, right? Yeah, talk to me at like twelve weeks. I yeah. got it. He's I got understand. a timeline. Like it's, yeah. he'll he'll wear on you. He'll wear you down. You know what's irritating me, and we might as well talk about it. Yeah. You know, the first four weeks he was a normal looking guy. Now he's got a new hairdo and mm-hmm. glasses from. Boogie with stew, and I just wonder where we're headed. What's next? Well, what? that is, that is what's next. I mean, can he alter his look anymore? Well, he, he's very close to looking like Bruce Hornsby, so I don't know whether he's looking for an eighties, you know, musical think, musical singer or something like that, or piano I think player. He looks intelligent. I think he looks right on par for what he should look like as one of your producers. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Takes I guess, me back to the old Saturday shows you and I used to do back, I way back doing then. That. I, I always enjoyed working with you, Connor, uh, even when you were watching those Japanese game shows with the logs and people falling in. Do you still watch those? Uh, occasionally. Okay. MXC is what you're talking about? Yes. I don't remember this. Did, did I watch those shows <laughs> I, on Saturday uh, mornings? Connor, I have to tell you something. <laughs> I make up almost everything about everybody. Okay. So I do enjoy MXC. Okay. And... You know, those types of programs, but 
It, I couldn't rule it out. There could have been a Saturday where I was just sitting there watching one of those shows. I'll tell you a secret, and it's one of the secrets of my life. There mm-hmm. were people in my family, my extended family when I was growing up, who just made up stuff yeah. about people. And it was outrageous. And I laughed every time. It just completely outrageous. And so I stole that, and I've used it for many years, including you. How's the marriage going so far? I, I'm not divorced, so it's going good. Yeah. Is yeah. she getting sick of you at all? Have you mussed up a sofa or anything? Funny you say that. Yes, I have. Yeah. I have. She yeah. blames me for it. I just think sofas naturally wear down. Yeah. And, and, and they have a shelf life. Uh, you know what? And she did before she married you, but she yeah. thought it was a longer shelf life. <laughs> and you just sit in the same spot and make a big round hole, and now it's a problem. She's like, uh, yeah, we can definitely tell where you sit. Yeah. And like, I don't know what the term is, but it kind of yeah. knots up a little bit. Yeah, yeah. but that's... That, that's part. That's how you know it's a good couch. Well, and you know you've got a good marriage because <laughs> she notices you, and that's all you need. Uh, oh, sorry. So let's talk NFL. Yeah. Uh, Jaguars beat New Orleans. Yeah, I, I thought it was going to be a blowout, or at least Jaguars would win handily. Turned out to be a fairly close game. Yeah, I mean, that, that to me is just kind of the epitome of Derek Carr. He can lull you to sleep. I think there's a term for that in boxing. I I forget. What, is it lull you to lull sleep? You to sleep. So that's literally no, it. No. I mean, he, he does not look very good, and then all of a sudden he he wills you back into it, and he, he, he moves the ball downfield, and, uh, you know, obviously interceptions or certain plays like that can help. You know, when you're, when you're gifted the ball at midfield, it, it makes things a little bit easier. But, I mean, they're a Foster Moreau drop away from – tying that game up at the end of regulation and they, they find a way to keep it close I guess if you're a betting person and you took the over you're pretty satisfied but yeah. just at the end of the game uh, you know Trevor Lawrence finding Christian Kirk on what looked to be not too dangerous of a play uh, kind of a drag route and Kirk does the rest and the Jags leave New Orleans with a victory starting off 5-2 and two. I think Declan had the stat it was like 2007 was the last time they started this well so Declan? Declan did his research that is correct yeah, wow. he, he did that research yesterday for us. So wow. uh, those Jacksonville Jags, pesky, but uh, big win. And Trevor Lawrence, there was the concerns with his knee injury. He looked fine. Can I ask you something? Sir. If Declan's doing this research, do you think he could drop a little bit of it on this show? I'm no. Just, I'm just saying. Part of his contract. That is wow. only from two to six. Kind of like Oilers breaking news. It cannot <laughs> help it happen during your show. No, no. Only not. two to six. Yeah, I had to change shifts just so I could get the <laughs> waiver wire. Unbelievable stuff goes on. Uh, now... Uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about the Chargers. They're playing the Chiefs uh, Sunday afternoon. That'll be a loss. And, Probably. Yeah. Uh, but a close one. But I, I'm i going to tell you, I've told you this before, I'm going to tell you again. Because I like you, and because I know you're a Chargers fan, and because the Eagles won in, what was it, 2018? 2017. Around there. Yeah. Also, rope-a-dope. Yeah. Thank you, Cat Dad. I, I, um, I want them to win. I want Almeida's Bengals to win because I feel like we're all a club of guys who cheer for teams that never win. And my Eagles won. And now I would like to share the wealth. If the Eagles win again in my lifetime, that's fine. Mm -hmm. But I would like the Chargers to win. Why don't the Chargers want to win? And that's all I can say because they do, they, they, every Sunday, they go out, they play, and then they take their cleats off and shoot themselves in the foot. I really don't know what their deal is. I mean, it, it is extremely frustrating. You watch, you know, the, the name recognition on that defense going back to last year was unbelievable. You have yeah. Joey Bosa, who looks like a ghost out there. You never see him. Cleo Mack, who plays his butt off, but, you know, he's an older player. Yeah. Uh, Derwin James, who I think has the skill set to be one of the best safeties in football. Many would say he's there, but last week against the Cowboys, he looked invisible. 
I don't like Brandon Staley's defense. I think he's trying too hard to reinvent the wheel and change things up. There's a common, you know, theory amongst Chargers fans. When when the Chargers star players are out on defense, they play better football. And it's because they simplify things and they, they play the right way. And then they get these star players back and they've got Derwin James all over the field. And, and they just can't get a stop when it matters. So, you know, Justin Herbert, I, there was a statistic out there for a quarterback in his first three seasons, he had put up the most points. Mm-hmm. But for a quarterback in his first three seasons, his defense had also given up the most points. Right. So he's he's constantly digging them out of holes. And, you know, there there's a, some people that criticize him when it matters. They just don't seem to have that clutch gene like a Patrick Mahomes has or a Tom Brady has or you know even a Jalen Hurts. So the, the Philadelphia Eagles, they, they get those big stops yeah. when they need them. The Chargers do, just don't do that, and they're, they're not good enough to overcome all the deficiencies. Yeah. The, I'll tell you what the Eagles do. They're great on both lines, and they have two incredible wideouts. That's yeah. what they do. Well, and now three. Yeah, well. Julio Jones. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, but I like the Chargers are two and three. If they were to win, the problem is like the Browns are three and two. Yeah. I, I don't know what it's going to look like for the wild card of the end of the year but um like i believe in the chargers they they should be a good team do you think staley could get fired in season i don't think so i i just think that tom telesco will probably keep him around you know it would have to go horribly wrong and there would have to be decisions that fall right on the lap of brandon staley he, he took a lot of criticism last year, and a lot of it was deserved, but he also took a team with a ton of injuries to the playoffs, and they had the massive collapse, and it was terrible. But, you know, as much as people rip on him, he did a pretty good job with all that they had gone through. They, they've got to figure it out this year. He's got to be smarter situationally. There was a, a point in the game against the Cowboys where he went for it instead of taking the points. I mean, you can't always trust the analytics. Sometimes you got to go with yeah. the points and, and put them on the board, and I think he's still got to figure that one out. I don't think he's the Chargers' long-term coach. I think that the Chargers probably move on this year. I'll tell you, there's a bit of a, a rumor going on out east that potentially, and uh, Mark Majot asked me about this one because he listens to a lot of the Eastern sports radio. Oh, sure. Being a Jets fan. Wait a minute, what the hell? Well, he's not listening know, here? Like overnight. I, I visited him at the Bottle Depot a summer well, ago. We'll talk to him about that. Oh, but the, apparently the rumor is Bill Belichick to the Chargers. Oh. Because Bill wants the wins record. He doesn't want to do a rebuild in Boston with the That the would Patriots. be a really good move for the so Chargers. So if he goes over there, he gives them that discipline that they, they need, changes maybe the, the mindset in L.A. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Who else do you like in this, like the weekend games? Who Like if you're recommending, somebody's like, who should I watch? Uh, I mean, I think the Dolphins will beat the Eagles. I think they'll lose again because the Dolphins, the Dolphins offense is just madness. Yeah, it's unbelievable. I mean, it goes back to last year where there was the numbers about yards of separation when Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle would catch the ball. And it was like three yards. So when they were, you know, two is a great quarterback. He's a smart decision maker. He's accurate. But he was throwing to wide open targets. And that's just what McDaniel does. He's such a good offensive coach. And when you have the speed that they have, like, I I would have thought Chase Claypool shouldn't be in the NFL. But now you put him on the Miami Dolphins, and all of a sudden it's like, hello. This could work. He's 6'4, 240, and runs a 4'4, 40-yard dash. He could actually work there. So the Miami Dolphins, that offense is just unbelievable. Other games to watch this weekend. I don't, I don't know how many are going to be too great. I mean, the Lions and Ravens should be interesting. The Ravens, you know, playing in London. Now they fly back. I wonder if there will be any fatigue in that one. Uh, Colts, Browns, I mean, if, if it was Anthony Richardson, maybe there's a little more excitement there. But with Gardner Minshew, hey, there could be some magic. I, I think, truthfully, if you're a football fan, 
watch the Chargers Chiefs. Mm-hmm. You'll get some entertainment That'd value. You might yep. see Taylor Swift, but the Sunday Nighter, Dolphins, Eagles, I mean, that's that's marquee matchup. That's going to be a great game. I still think that people overreacted to Taylor Swift. She's more famous than he is. Yeah. And if she wants to go to the game, just let her and then put the camera on and then go back to the game and everybody can be happy. It's uh, it's unbelievable. I, I've been watching that David Beckham documentary, mm-hmm. and the parallels are there with Posh Spice, who was a world phenom. David Beckham was a soccer star, you know, in Europe. Grew the brand. Yeah. made it, it was good for sure. everyone. And exactly. now you look at Taylor Swift to Travis Kelsey. The numbers we've seen for jersey sales, ratings, his Instagram, his Twitter, his social media presence, like there's, it's creating football fans, yeah. and that's what we want. And if, if it annoys you, well, mute the TV, yeah. turn away, talk to your friends for when The only advice up. anybody should give is give Kelsey the advice. Don't screw this up. No. Because if she dumps you, that's one thing. But if you do something dumb, then... <laughs> She's going to be making billions off, uh, <laughs> off that breakup. Five albums, 50 <laughs> bestsellers, and everybody will go, yeah, remember that guy? But you know what? For me, as someone who does not like the Chiefs, does not like Travis Kelsey... It would create a generation of Chiefs haters, and that would be beautiful. Well, I'm just mad that uh, Jason Kelsey isn't better looking because you know <laughs> because well, the Eagles could use the help. You he's know, got, he's a family man, right? Yeah, I he, know. He's, he's unbelievable. How how crazy it is that you know two brothers. I mean, we've seen it before, but two different positions, two Hall of Fame careers. They're awesome. I I I, I will say that I've been an Eagles fan since Roman Gabriel and and uh, Brandon Graham. Uh, uh, Fletcher Cox, Kelsey. Yeah, I I love the lines. Like they, you know, I, it's weird because I'm a I'm a football fan, which means I like the quarterback, the running back, and the wideout. But the Eagles have made me love these trench guys because they they've been around so long. Lane Johnson, another example. Yeah, and they've had success, and they won a damn Super Bowl. King Dunlap going back years. <laughs> I mean, they they've had those steady guys on the offensive line. I'll never forget Ed Hervey talking to Gregor and Stretty back in the day, saying, "You build at the line." No. And, I mean, the Giants won Super Bowls off that. Now the Eagles have. Yeah, you going to have skill positions around that, but you're not doing anything without big, tough offensive lines. How's the uh, how's uh, Fantasy Frenzy going? Are you training the new guy up okay? Or? We're trying to, yeah. yeah. I, I, you will be happy to know. I think he put down about 37 ounces of that okay. steak. Everyone else had a little bit. He really went in on it. All right. Uh, but Brandon's doing great work. He's uh, certainly been a good addition to the program. Yeah. Helps me uh, get through. It keeps me on time, and right. it's been a lot of fun. My fantasy team's not doing as good as I would have hoped, but injuries, that's all it is because I oh. built great teams. Sure, and and I know that everybody agrees, and that's why they take your money every every spring, right? Yeah, yeah exactly, yeah. exactly. All right, uh, thank you for this. I appreciate it. it. Was long overdue. Can we reserve the right to have you back more often? Is that okay? Yeah. Well, you know what? When Fantasy Frenzy wraps up, I sit outside the bar and I just sit there and wait for the call. Yeah. So yeah, anytime. Yeah, I always love it when radio people say they sit outside the bar. Sure, you do. Well, we literally have a bar in our little. I hangout area it's pretty pretty amazing but i think wrong era like back in the day that bar would have got a lot more usage i i i worked in that era yeah and i remember um true story um friend of mine uh i would go to the hotel next door to the radio station and i would i'd be my shift would be done and he was the news guy <laughs> and so i'd say bye and then and then he would read the news and then he would run down to the bar and then at about like 50 minutes into the hour, he's got 10 minutes left till the news. He'd run back upstairs and read the, read the news. Those <laughs> were the days, Allie, you know. Did the, was it the Edmonton Journal? Didn't they have a bar? No. Like in the building? Yeah. That's, Different uh, times. Oh, and you know what? 
a lot of guys who had shorter careers than they would have if they'd you know, gone running at lunchtime. Uh, on the way, declinations for Declan. Thank you, Connor. This is the Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. It's the Lowdown on Sports 1440. What a great song. One of the best. Kicking some ass. I like it. Lowdown is driven by Wolf GMC Buick. New name, same great team. Find them on the corner of 184th Street and Stony Plain Road. WolfGMCBuick.com. Say hi to Doug. Mary as well. We'd like to say hi to Mary. Um, all right. You know, one of my favorite things about working at this station and with my friend Declan is on Fridays, I come in and he's writing furiously into this notepad. And I'm like, he's really working. He's really working. And then he'll get up and leave because he leaves every six seconds. I think he's got a bladder issue. And so I go over and I look and I'm thinking, this must be this prep for declinations. And then it's like loaf of bread, container of milk, and a stick of butter. He's All he's doing is making a list for his shopping on the way home. But he fakes it well, and I'm sure he's done some preparation for declinations today. What are we looking at? Well, listen, Friday is grocery day. You know that. But no, I have. Today we have the five best value contracts in the NHL. I will tell you, this is prep for me. Don't be surprised if it shows up in an athletic article. Oh, I appreciate next that. Week, you know. and I, I won't th- credit you. In the NHL right now, I'll say that. Because I think that does make a bit of a difference. It's not the total contract and what they've done in the past six years or whatever. It's as of today. As well, of right as of now. like four games into the year? Yeah, as of as of the coming into the season. Okay, all right. So then the backtrack is at least a full year you're talking about here. Yes. Okay. Number five, I have Leon Dreisaitl. Two two years left at an 8.5 million AAV. Listen, Leon is a top three, four, five player in the NHL, and he has the 47th highest average annual value. The only reason this comes in so low, comes in at number five, is because, like I said, the caveat I gave, there's only two years left. But listen, I, I don't care who your teammates are. If you can have the third highest AAV on your own team and be a top three, four, five player in the NHL, that is that is some incredible value. And I get people might say he's number one because of what he produces. This is right now. This is today. There's only two years left at this AAV. So that's well, why he's number five. What I like about him, and I, 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 think, I think that this is a universal truth. He's, he's 8.5. And, and when he signed it, people were upset. Nobody says a word now. No, at the time, I thought it was a bad contract. I was like, you're giving 8.5 to a guy who can't run his own line, and he's obviously, you know, heart winner, one of the best players in the world. The day that he signed the contract, I said it was like 250000 too much, and I was wrong. And it turned out to be about $4 million too little. Yeah. Number four, Tage Thompson. Oh, man. Great name. Seven years at a 7.1 AAV, 38 goals in 2022, 47 and 94 points last year. I thought he was going to get 50 coming into this year. He still, may, he still may. I mean, one in four games, small sample size. He still might get there. And I know he's not really a playmaking center, but if he can get 38 goals one year, 47 the next, and make that his standard, a 7.1 AAV is incredible value. And that's why he's my number four. All right. And number three? Number three, Matt Kachuk. Seven years at a 9.5 mil AAV. Listen, I think he's the second, maybe the third best winger in the game behind Pasta and Cooch. Pasta's getting 11.2. Cooch is also getting 9.5, but he only has four years left and he's 30. Do you know these people? 
Pasta and Cooch? David Pasternak and Nikita Kucherov. You, just, you talk about them as, you know, they, they, you know who they are. And I just wonder, because I know you travel in different circles. That uh, I, yeah. yeah, I talk about them like my buddies. No, mm. okay, I'll keep it professional. But listen, when, you t- if, if, when you're talking about those guys who are as comparables in the contracts they have, especially David Pasternak at 11.2, this guy, th- third in hard voting last year, sixth in points. And if you can get that for another seven years at a 9.5 AAV, while the cap obviously continues to grow, you're going to have great value for, for a guy like Matt Kachuk. Amen. You're, you're, you're making great points. Number two. I have Jack Hughes. Seven years left. $8 million average annual value. 99 points in 78 games last year. Had 43 goals to go along with it. The year before that, he had 56 points in 49 games. So he's shown he can be a point-per-game player consistently and above that. I think he's a top-five center in the NHL. And the fact that the Devils get him for seven more years at $8 million a year. The Golden Knights. Great value. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think you're right. You know, the, the Eichel, when he was in Buffalo, there were always problems, and that's often an ownership issue, and he did have an injury, and there was a disagreement about how to handle it, and they were punishing him. And and remember that, you kids out there, when you're defending ownership. He goes to Vegas, wins the Stanley, is a big part of it. I mean, he was really effective against the Oilers. And I, I like, he's a... He's a he he's a, he would be an easy guy to dislike, but from the moment that Buffalo lost the lottery, they mishandled this young man. And Vegas, because they're uber aggressive, they get him, and now they've got him for seven years. You know, the, the Vegas Golden now, Knights could be the biggest problem for the Oilers winning a Stanley during the McDavid era. Now, I love Jack Eichel. He was an honorable mention, but this guy I was talking about here was Jack Hughes out of New Jersey. You know what? So I always accuse you of not listening. When you said Jack, I <laughs> immediately said Eichel. He was I, an honorable mention. I, <laughs> we're going to have to delete this from the tape because clearly I look bad. But Jack Hughes is good. I I ranted on Eichel a little bit more. But he, the thing about Hughes is that, that he'll be better a year from now and two years from now. Eichel's, Eichel's great, too. I mean, he's got a ring. Ring stay polished forever. So I'm going to shut up him. now. I'm embarrassed. <laughs> number one. Now, listen, I get that the argument for number one could be Connor McDavid, even though it's that 12.5 AAV, because he's incredible. I think he's the second best athlete in North American sports. I think he's the most talented hockey player I've ever seen with my own two eyes. So I get that argument. But I did go a different direction. I have Kale McCarr at number one. They're getting him for another for four more years with a $9 million AAV. It's not as long as some of the other guys. I think Kale McCarr is the best defenseman in the world. I, You know, he's obviously got the cup. He's got the Conn Smythe. I think he's a top five player in the game, period. And similar to similar to Leon being 47th in AAV, Kale McCarr is 34th, and I think he's a top five uh, player in the league. I can't think of 33 guys who deserve to get paid more than him, maybe maybe two or three. Uh, and on that basis and what he's done for Colorado, what I expect him to continue to do, he's my number one. I, I, my favorite Kale McCarr story happened before the draft. I, I talked to, not a lot, but I talked to a few scouts over the year, and then mostly after the scouting year is over, I... I I just touched base a little bit. And uh, an Eastern Seaboard team um, scout, during the year of McCarr's draft, I I would call and I'd say, or I'd text and I'd say, hey, what do you think, blah, blah, blah. And this person, whose team was nowhere near the top of the draft, routinely would start typing on something and then immediately go to Kale McCarr. And I'm like, I know Makar. I don't need more on Makar. I need more on this guy, Ansi Klum or whatever. And 
when a scout won't shut up about a player, even though he doesn't have a chance, his team doesn't have to a chance to draft the player. You know how good he is, and he really is outstanding. It's so funny because Colorado, who tanked all year that year, fell to fourth in the uh, draft lottery mm-hmm. and ended up getting him. And I think Gregor had mentioned it on one of his shows. Like they came back and said, you know, if we did have that first pick, we probably weren't going to take Kale McCarr. Obviously, they they did, and it worked yeah. out tremendous for them. So. What do you think? Uh, you think the orders are going to be good enough to be in the lottery this year? I li- well. Uh, uh, I don't want to hit the panic button too hard. I don't want to overreact, but I sat here with you. We did our season breakdown. I had them in the Stanley Cup Finals against Carolina. Might have even had them winning it. I didn't. I have them winning it. Yeah, I I might have as well. And I don't... I Listen, it's been four games, It's but I see so many problems in that back end. I know Campbell was great against Nashville. You can speak to everything better than I can, but I haven't been happy with the goaltending. I haven't been, been happy with the defensive effort or the defensive zone play. I have some serious issues with this team. I know it's early. But I, I may be backtracking a little bit. I don't have any issues with the orders. I'll tell you why. They are not playing well. And either the coach uses that as motivation and a hammer by restricting playing time, by calling up other options, or a new coach will do that. You know, the Oilers, um, Bouchard is not playing well. Horrible. So what you need to do is... Make things easier for this player. Have him check down to the third pairing. Have somebody else replace him, say Broberg on the second pair, and then CeCe on the top pair, and then let Bouchard find his range. I learned this time and time again with Justin Schultz. The orders kept putting him up on the top, pairing with Klepbaum. Offensive zone starts, lots of ex- uh, expected of him. And he never, you know, when when a player is getting overwhelmed like Bouchard is now, you can either get him reset in an easier spot, or watch him die on the vine. And and I like Jay Woodcroft, but he's got work to do right now. And a lot of it does involve defense, not just from the defense, but also from the forwards. And the goaltending has to be better. Now, they're 1-3, but their schedule was extremely easy during the first four games, and they won a game. The Oilers always like to make it, or seemingly always like to make it hard for themselves. And I'm not going to do the power play can go to hell rant, but that power play was golden for them the last two years. This year, teams have adjusted, and the Oilers have not adjusted back. And that goes for Bouchard's outlet passes, too. They're getting intercepted like crazy. They truly are. The Oilers are going to have to make some adjustments. And I once again say, everybody, all summer, all I heard was, and I read articles everywhere, it's the wrong system. It's the wrong system. Okay, you do know that you have to execute no matter what system you're in. And the Edmonton Oilers defensively are... are the, the, how many two-way forwards are on this team? Nuge, Connor Brown, Zach Hyman isn't one. Leon can be, but isn't often. McDavid is different because he's just so ridiculous offensively that he, he you know, his, his usually his outscoring numbers are very strong. But the Oilers don't have a lot of guys like that. They don't have the Brian Trottier who went to, went to Pittsburgh. They don't have Jacques Lemaire who developed into a great two-way player. They don't have Craig McTavish who was an outstanding checking center or Kenny Linsman or Messier for that matter. And Gretzky was like McDavid. Even though he wasn't defensive, the puck was never in the defensive end. So anyway, that's how I feel. We have a lot, a lot of text that I haven't read today. Clearly, we've been talking too much.
I'm reading the the uh, football frenzy stuff. It went way past noon. Oh, wait, well, Pat, we didn't get on air until like two or three. Yeah, Fabergé egg. Everybody got that. The Oilers lack accountability when you look at what other teams are, do, are doing to handle bad player players making major mistakes. They don't even look at their salary. They're just sitting them down. Whoever gets sat down, Bouchard plays 20 minutes. That was the worst game of any player on the ice for both teams. He's struggling. You know, I, I, I'll tell you a story. When my son was about, I don't know, I don't remember the year, but he was young. Um, just a little kid, but his favorite player was Tom Pody. He goes to the Coliseum and everybody boos Tom Pody and he stopped being a hockey fan. Now you can do whatever you want, but Evan Bouchard is under a lot of duress right now. He's having a hard time and people are going to boo him and that's fine. Do whatever you want. But what he really needs is a boost. He needs a five assist game where he's plus five. And that's what, if you're an Oilers fan, that's what you should be hoping for. Bottom line, I'm sorry, but it's true. If you're a fan of the Oilers, just cheer for Bouchard. Because as much as you want to just tear a strip off the guy, I get it, I understand it. He's making whatever bazillion dollars. He's still a young guy trying to figure it out. And playing defense in the NHL is damn hard. Ask Jason Strudwick. He'll tell you. And I know you get mad because you watch the video, but when it's happening in real time... It's a little different. It's like this show. We should have known the name of the Fabergé egg. What did we get wrong the other day? We couldn't remember the name of Schneider on the Blue Jays. We're just rife with errors. You know, the puck's going in the net every 10 seconds here. Thank God you got a new haircut. You can move on to some other kind of a career. In hour number two, NHL rumors in the community with Tyler Uremchuk at 120. And Steve Lansky will set the woods on fire with his verbal next. This is the Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. This is a Sports 1440 update. And for your Sports 1440 update, just two games in the, in the NHL tonight. Flames in Columbus at five and the Devils in town to take on the Islanders at 5.30. NBA News. The family of a woman killed in a shooting on the Tuscaloosa Strip near the University of Alabama campus has filed a federal wrongful death lawsuit against three men, one of which is former Alabama star Brandon Miller, who was the number two overall pick in this year's NBA draft. The Toronto Raptors announced the signing of Justice Winslow on Friday. The 27-year-old forward spent most spent the past two seasons with the Portland Trailblazers. Wins, Winslow appeared in 29 games in 2022-2023, averaging 6.8 points, 5.0 boards, and 3.4 assists over 26.8 minutes a night. To make room for Winslow on the roster, the team has waived McCurr Maker. Cleveland Browns quarterback Deshaun Watson is expected to start Sunday at Indianapolis after missing two games with a right shoulder injury and the best to ever do it. Canadian captain Christine Sinclair is retiring from international football at the end of the year. The 40-year-old from Burnaby, B.C., who plans to play one more season for the NWSL Portland Thorns, is expected to play four more games for Canada before stepping away from the international game forever. Seven games in the AJHL tonight, including the Spruce Grove Saints at home against the Okotoks Oilers. Puck drop is at 7, and you can get tickets at sprucegrovesaints.ca at the door or watch on flowhockey.tv. Seventh-ranked University of Alberta Golden Bears football in action on the road against the University of Manitoba Bisons. 
and the Golden Bears hockey team playing the first of a home and away against the rival UFC Dino. 7 p.m. at the Claire Drake Arena. Pandas also the first of a two-game swing with UFC, with UFC. Puck drop at 7. That one going in Calgary. Back in action tomorrow here in Edmonton. I'm Declan, and this has been your Sports 1440 Update.